Hey, welcome to Bukatsu Gaming Podcast. It's your host, Jabs, a.k.a. Filet Mignon. Duh. And I'm here with... <laughs> Alex, a.k.a. Finally, a game came out for the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> and? And Evan, a.k.a. A.k.a. That's your top five is going trash. With that, A.k.a. <laughs> Sorry, I spoke over you. What was your AKA? My AKA was that is not where I thought that AKA was AKA was going. Oh, okay. That's a nice responsive AKA. Yeah. So, uh today's topic. What's Evan's top five video games? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. He done started it. No, Shout but out. I mean, Shout out to my dad because he's like, you guys should do more top fives. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but here we go. I, okay, so that was actually a joke, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine putting Evan on the spot. I absolutely don't. Don't worry. For don't you. worry about it. We're just gonna we're just gonna rail on you hard and say you haven't played enough games to make a qualified list. Yeah, but I already acknowledged that. So <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to argue. I agree. My list would not... I mean... It wouldn't you know, hold up? My list. <laughs> I, maybe, like, one of them would hold up. What's that one? Dark Souls? If I, if I could... No, I haven't even played Dark Souls. <laughs> okay, three? Whatever, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm still stuck on Legend of Dragoon and Persona 4, so... I mean, that's trash. Have you not played Persona 5? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it doesn't exist, man. Yeah, yeah, because P5 definitely makes its way on top of that list. For me. If I, was go- if, I was going- if I was going with Persona games, but I think I might put Digital Devil, Digital Devil on there above Personas, personally. Because that's your... Jam, man. It is. It's also a terrible opinion. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Dude, you don't even know what Digital Devil Saga is. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about you not knowing what Digital Devil Saga is. But he's played it. I've literally played both of them. No. No. You still don't you still don't know. Oh, right, he's committing perjury. <laughs> I, I I demand Evan recuse himself from this. This conversation. From his own top five list. (laughs) (laughs) Jabs, have you uh, read the light novels written for for, uh, Digital Devil Saga? I I have not. I have not. Yeah. So the writer of Digital Devil Saga midway through got really sick, and then they finished the story without her. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first book's pretty much the same as what's in the video game, but apparently the second book it's really different. And the yeah, reason I she's asked, probably, like they're not going into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? And... Why did you guys think that was a thing? <laughs> oh my Ooh. god! Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but yeah, they translated the first book a year or two ago, mm. but they haven't translated the second. Yet, so all right well might be fortunately one of us can speak japanese so let me just let me just see if i can buy that right now 
think it's called uh quantum devil tuner saga something like that oh, okay avatar avatar tuner. there you go quantum devil know. saga yeah you was right you was right yeah all right but no 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 so for real today's topic i think the the consistency that you would find again across our top five list which I guess we'll do that soon. Or we could just do... We we want to do the secret topic or Evan's top five today. Oh, my God. Which one are we doing? Which one are we <laughs> no doing? No one knows what you're talking about. Right? It's a, it's a secret topic or the topic we just mentioned, Evan's top I five. I secret topic. I'm a fan of secrets. Because... <laughs> I, was spo- I was supposed to say surprises, but it, I said secrets, so just go with it. All right, so yeah, what I was saying is across the three of our lists, probably a plethora of RPGs. So, what makes a good RPG? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so so are we gonna separate this into Western and Japanese? Asking the important question. That is an important question. I think so. Okay. Yeah, because they're they are vastly Ooh. different. They're vastly vis- different top games. Okay. Uh, do we want to start with JRPGs first, or do we just want to tackle at the same time? We're just doing it. We're just winging it. We're just winging it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to be up front and just say I like JRPGs more. Yeah. That, I that just would... prefer the more uh, focused story. You know, I do like just wandering around in Fallout or Skyrim and just doing whatever I want at any point, but it's sort of Ultimately, for me, those games, the story, the main story feels kind of like a really detailed side quest. In you know? in, in Westerns? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in JRPGs, you can still get good side quests. Um, you're going to have less freedom to roll about. Like, uh, well, in good JRPGs, you know, you, you sort of feel more of the impending sense of, Doom or the climax or whatever. Unless it's what, Final Fantasy 15, but continue. <laughs> How dare you? Which I, I would say is a pretty <laughs> westernized uh, Final Fantasy, which it, it might be a topic that we discuss on our next podcast. But And I feel like what I like about JRPGs is that, for me, this is what I think RPGs need, is that you really need that centralized story that kind of drives you to go and do what you need to do, um, which is why I feel like some Western RPGs sort of fails because they don't put the pieces there for you to say, okay, uh, I know I need to do the story at some point, but I, I want to. I feel it's important. You know, I don't want to just wander off and fight super mutants for 10 hours rather than go find my dad. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're you're saying the main story in most... In JRPGs, that's the driving force. That's what yeah. get that's what gets you to keep the story going forward. Western RPGs, you you just have to want to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like Fallout, New Vegas, Fallout Three. Uh, I've only played a bit of Fallout Four actually. Um, but in those games, you can like I played Three in New Vegas, and I haven't finished the main story, but I've done so much other stuff. I'm like. Uh, I, I'm finished. <laughs> yeah, I've finished the game. I don't, I don't need the story. Fallout 
New Vegas, what he's he's looking for a poker chip. Like that that's not <laughs> that's not an exciting story for me. I don't care enough about that. It's you know, it's not enough to get me to say I have to finish this game. It's just the gameplay that has me continuing, which is which is perfectly fine, but I definitely feel that as Alex said, JRPGs just have more refined and better better tuned stories, I think. Yeah, there's a just a more compelling central narrative. Just a little bit of a different perspective. I, I do agree, but I <laughs> but I also think that it's not necessarily just the story you need. I think it's just the fact that it's easier to have a better game when you do have that strong story component. Whereas if you don't, the other aspects really have to be a lot better off for you to feel like you're saying the drive to actually go through the game and, you know, actually complete what you're supposed to do other than just, you know, doing a bunch of stuff that you, it's just a bunch of random side quests, basically, like you said. Um, I was actually, yeah, it's, it's much harder to write a hundred compelling side quests than it is to write 10 compelling side quests and a great main quest. Right. And it's just, you know, when you don't have that, story component it's just if you ever lose interest in that game nothing's really gonna bring you back in yeah not <laughs> not coming back <laughs> you're just you're you're gone at that point what was i doing <laughs> yeah because you get you, you get that typical rpg thing where you go and come back and you're like what was i doing except like main story rpgs you can kind of figure it out easy these western rpgs you're just like no, not really. What was I doing? <laughs> someone, someone please help me. Where was I in the where was I in the main story? What side quest was I doing? Why was I doing this side quest? Because it doesn't help the main story. So what was I doing? It it is very hard to come back to those as as Evan said. I got but, a question for you guys. Yeah. Okay, we might have an answer. Uh how important is the actual role playing part of the of an RPG for you? Do you mean, can you clarify? Sure. If you think about a game like Kingdom Hearts, right? you're not, it's, it's a role-playing game, or it's an, it's an RPG, it's a JRPG, 100%. Uh, but in terms of actually role-playing, you're not doing any of that, whereas compared to Mass Effect, for example, you sort of role-play as this shepherd that you have in your mind, and you try to be the person that, uh, you imagine your shepherd to be, right? Right. Like you have a set of codes in your head, and, you know, will I help this person? Would I punch this person in the face? <laughs> Renegade How much... ship, best ship. And um, so I, I guess for... I just was wondering what you guys thought, because when we're thinking about what makes a good RPG, is this another difference between Western and JRPGs, I noticed, is that, again, because of the more centralized, or not centralized, focused narrative, uh, I found that JRPGs tend to have less role-playing as opposed to Western RPGs where, I mean, like in Fallout, New Vegas, you can be this, like, total dickhead. <laughs> but Sora's never going to be a dickhead. Yeah. Good question. 
That's why I asked it instead of <laughs> offering an answer, is because then I could a- answer it last. I want to say yes for a lot of the same reasons that we just went over in why the main story is so important. I I feel like it it there's a correlation there between you know not having that centralized main story and giving you the freedom to actually do all of this role playing. If they didn't have that, you know, they wouldn't really have much of a game. You know, they would lose another huge part. Um that being said, if you combine the two, I feel like it, you would have a much better game overall because I do personally I do enjoy having the like like going up Mass Effect is the example here. I like it's it's a lot easier to get immersed in the game and you know, it just adds that extra depth to the actual playthrough. And I feel like that is an important part to games. And obviously you can get around it because, you know, they're fantastic games without it. But at the same time, you know, why not have, you know, if you can have all of it, why not have all of it? Because it's just another part that you can just, you know, throw yourself into and enhance the story, enhance the playthrough sorts of stuff. So, you know, that's my two uh, cents. Too much, too much. <laughs> for for me, I'd say it's actually not that, not as important. And part of it is because, for me, I sort of grew up playing JRPGs. That was my, my idea of RPG. Um, and so... We never had those choices. And so when, when I finally started playing Western RPGs, that's just like kind of a, an extra, a fun extra. But then again... Okay, it... let, me, let me challenge you on this. Okay, yeah. Sh- Sh- Shin Megami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You roleplay in Nocturne. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But even so, I, it feels it's not quite as much to the level as Western RPGs. It's it's definitely not at the same level. Like all it, all that does is really, I guess that's true for Western, but change your your ending really. Oh, you want the the good ending or the bad ending? If if I recall, it doesn't really affect much of what you can do in the game. Even yeah. if even if I'm the asshole demon demon, I can still recruit whatever whoever I want. I can still interact the same way with all the characters. In Western RPGs, if you go ahead and become the jerk in Fallout, suddenly you cannot work with the Brotherhood. That that part of the game is shut off from you, which is fine. It adds more replay value, but like I said, I it feels what stole my point, man. I was gonna throw yeah, that in, it... but. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it adds it does add replay value which is nice, but for me, like I said, I just grew up with without having the choices and then that that wasn't it wasn't too necessary. It is fun to have. Like I do enjoy, you know, playing in Fallout. I'm like, "You know what? I'm just going to be a badass this this playthrough." Or I'm just going to be the guy that only kills criminals. And you know, that is a fun choice to have. 
Um, but still, for me, it's not as necessary. I, I'm perfectly fine with being Sora and not having all that many choices, having the story laid out for me. I mean, okay. Yeah. Jumping back in here. I'm, Jumping in. I'm fine with not having it, too. Yeah, but yeah. on the flip side of that, still going with Mass Effect here, they're not to spoil anybody who maybe hasn't played the games, but there are choices you can make, and <laughs> the consequences of those, you honestly feel bad in some of the choices, and it's that feeling that can't you might not get without you know putting yourself in that role, having like it, you are the direct cause of it versus you know the story playing out regardless of what you do. And I feel like that is something that, you know, if you don't have that in the game, it's just, it feels like such a, a boost for the game if you have that. And I, I really would, if you can incorporate it well, I I think if, like, if for whatever reason, that just became the thing in games and, like, just became a big thing all of a sudden that once you didn't have that, games would feel, like, worse. I don't know. Yeah. Just for me. I, 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 like, I like it when games make me feel bad about decisions I make. <laughs> because it, me- it means you're invested in the game, you know? And yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, if you didn't, if you, didn't you know, I mean, obviously this isn't for everybody, but if you're going to play the game and you just don't care, then, you know... What's really the point? Well, I, I I think that also goes back to sort of the story and doing a good job of making you care with, like, with you just watching. You sort of, for the most part, watching the story unfold. And I think that is special. And I don't know. I What Evan just said made me rethink, like, there are a decent amount of JRPGs with that element. like. Alex, this was your game. You never played it. But Growlancer Generations, that that game, that was I feel that was kind of one of the first JRPGs with like multiple endings. And in that game, you could your actions could affect vastly how the story played out. Uh change it. You know, you could get completely different endings, end the war completely differently based on your choices and that is definitely one I don't know if my top 5 but one of my favorite games that I've played. And so yeah, I think Evan does make a very very valid point that even though like there are good amount of RPGs I like that don't need it, it it does add a good amount add a good amount to that game. It does help it a lot. That's what I was going to say, is it sounds like we're kind of all in agreement here that uh, I think we all have, so, well, like most, well, I don't even say most, but some of our favorite RPGs really have no decisions that we can make, but like, if you can pull that off well, and you can make decisions that, uh, A, are, you know, they're hard to make, you have to think about them for a while, and B, have ramifications. Yeah, ramifications. If they have, it's like, actual ramifications, then you really can, you can make your connection with the game deeper, you know, 
And whereas opposed Deeper. to, <laughs> uh, it, it becomes less like watching a movie where you can still get very connected. I mean, obviously there are, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you don't make deep connections to the characters and plot in movies, but T'Challa. when, <laughs> but when you go and you have to make those decisions yourself, it just it adds that extra layer, and I think that uh, all of us here can appreciate it. If more JRPGs, because personally, I I'm a bigger fan of JRPGs. Um, yeah. If more JRPGs could tack on like that those extra i don't know those big decisions that could actually completely change the landscape of the story i think that would just be wah, fantastic that would that would make for like awesome games if we can get if we can get that more and not not just like small choices like nocturne where either you you help the woman and you don't and that decides whether you get re- you get reincarnated or you're stuck in hell. But kind of like the big, big changes in the story completely. Um, though that would be, I think, a a bit more interesting than what we have right now, which is still very very interesting and success a successful template for JRPGs. That was a good question. <laughs> I got more if you want them. Yeah. Question right. away. Question away. All right. I just, I just had the topic. I didn't have questions. The topic right. was my question. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I guess we should start with this first before I get on to the grind. But oh uh, boy, oh what boy. Are your, like level up systems in mm. games because something I I have noticed is that Western RPGs tend to have a lot more stats, so you can make more they independent or not independent but a unique character yeah so that if you do two playthroughs you have really different characters each time jrpgs generally for me that means do i want to do a strength build or do i want to do a magic build so i guess what what do you guys what kind of system do you you guys like the game i'm definitely i think what alex is saying a fan of that that open customization uh system like for the most part eh, like what's that game what is that game like final fantasy Mario Damashi. <laughs> that one yes that one was the perfect one i uh, always put all my stats into ball pushing <laughs> <laughs> i did it in picking up stickiness <laughs> uh but I think like Final Fantasy X, eventually you are confined. Like Yuna is your white mage, Lulu is your black mage. But eventually, because the grid is open to everyone, you could be like, no, I want, I want, I want Yuna to be the tank. Kimari Ronso, he will be the delicate white mage. And you, you could, you could make that decision. And I liked, I did like that open endedness of it. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, those RPGs. What what game am I thinking? Uh, eh, kind of to be honest, sort of like Persona. Like Persona, you level up, and it's like your your HP, your SP, 
this strength, this magic goes up at level five. You can't control it. I yeah. feel I feel so helpless. It's like I don't. I'm I'm not using magic. I don't want my magic to go up. I want my strengths to go up. And so I I definitely am a fan of those systems where you you can personally choose where you put your stats. I think that that definitely adds more to the role playing element of of the game. Evan's got a sigh. <laughs> I'm conflicted. You saw it coming. <laughs> because I, I do, I, I agree, I do like having all the customization. I do like having the options. The problem is, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone that's off the top gotten of it to a point that it isn't so constrained by what you can actually do. I don't think we've gotten to a point where you can have enough freedom, do whatever you want without breaking the game somehow. Because usually when you have a lot of choices, they have to cap it somehow so you can't, you know, make your character a new pretty much something that's just unstoppable. Yeah, I'm 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 going to let you finish up, but I'm I don't remember what game what game that is it might maybe persona slightly different but there is there is an rpg where it's like you can't put your strength past 20 until your magic is past five and you have to (laughs) you have to keep them in a certain range together and yeah i guess that is that limitation you're talking about evan yeah and it's kind of like i i don't have a suggestion for how to make it any better because it is tough you know you you do have to make your game balanced on some level but you know it's kind of hard to just say go do whatever you want but then also but yeah but then having it actually be relevant and not breaking your game making it too easy something along those lines but i i do i do like having you know however limited it is that freedom to you know Put your points wherever you want. Be whatever kind of character you want. Um, But yeah, my only complaint would be, you know, making you stick to, you know, kind of pigeonholing you with, depending on, you know, where you want your strengths to be. I'm going to just say that I agree with those points. I also feel like some of the games I play have too many stats. You know, like Skyrim, one-handed versus two-handed. I would really just rather that be a melee skill. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally get why it's not. It makes sense why it's not. But I think that it's easy to get bogged down in the menus sometimes. And this, again, comes back to sort of I... power gaming, I would say. Sometimes I like that, though. Ga- games games well. where you just find yourself in the menu, like, oh, what do I do next? What do I do next? And you're like, I just spent an hour in the menu. I didn't even <laughs> progress the story. For me, that that means that they've sort of implemented a good system where you can yeah. get lost in the menu, like planning out your character. And yeah. so sometimes it's not such a bad thing. It's not. I... At a point, <laughs> um, you have a sharpener. 
I guess going off that Skyrim example, like you said, completely understand why they did it. And I think they did a decent job with, you know, letting you do do what you wanted to do, have your character be what you wanted to be. The problem was at some like it wasn't hard to make your character good in Skyrim. And I think, you know, going back to the points I made earlier, something you compromise something when you go one way or the other. If you give a lot of freedom at some point, you know, your character is going to be way too good. Or if you don't have a lot of freedom, you kind of feel like, well, I wish I had more. So, you know, finding that balance, finding a way to make it all work, I think that'll be a big step for a lot of these RPGs. It's interesting. Uh, Jabs mentioned Persona rightfully as an example of a system that gives you no <laughs> not not enough freedom. I guess two, three, four, five, and especially two, because I think everyone in two is a wild card. You can pick different personas. For yeah, for each and, one. Yeah. And then that gives you a little bit more freedom. And on top of the game not letting you put your skill points wherever you want, they incentivize you know, changing out your personas rather than just like grinding one persona by giving you access to better skills, depending on which persona you use. Because if you know, once you level up your whatever persona you're on, you know, four or five times, that's all the skills you're ever going to get. You're never going to get like the best healing skill if you don't have it. Right. I feel like that's, and the weird thing is, it really only works for that game. You know, <laughs> so. uh it's it's tough. It's, it's tough to say, but I thought I, I just wanted to point that out as a good example of sort of keeping you from power gaming or meta gaming, but still I feel like there's enough options that you can go and be a healer if you want that's what you want your main character to be. Or you can be damage dealer or status buffer. And you sort of have some freedom there. Yeah. But I, I think you know, that's something we can probably touch on a bit later with, again, what makes it good. But with, I feel with Persona, it's just, there's that, that sort of, your, your, your main character being the blank slate, sort of. Like in, in other RPGs, like I'm thinking, um, like Final Fantasy, you have certain characters, they fulfill a role. This is your white mage, this is your black mage, so this guy's your healer, this guy's your da- your magic damage dealer. In Persona, it's not like that. It's kind of spread out. So you have this character, this is your fire magic character. This is your ice magic character. They're not learning any other moves. They're not learning yeah. any other magic. And so it's it's a lot more, I think, difficult managing your characters that way. And I I think that might be why, uh, even though they sort of pigeonhole you, don't give you too much options in building your character, it does a better job. Because it's it's it is the same straightforward. You have certain characters with their skill set, but they have overlapping skill sets, but differences that make one more 
more suitable for the occasion than the other. And so while it takes away some uh, freedom and choice making one area, it gives you another one where you don't find in, in more, more other, other games, I think. Yeah, and that game, like, changing your persona can alter your whole party. Yeah. Like, if you decide you're going to be the damage dealer, you might have to throw a healer in because maybe you're, you're not going to do the role of healing anymore because you just got this, you got, I don't know, Ares, and he's just plowing through dudes. And, uh... <laughs> in, uh, what's-his-face's bathhouse? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kanji. And, I don't, I don't know. I just I think it's a good example of <coughs> of me dying. Oh, don't do that. At least wait till we're finished. Okay. Of yeah, of just allowing you enough freedom, but not and maybe maybe not enough freedom, but I feel like the games have started to I haven't played five yet, but I feel like <laughs> Golden gave you a little more opportunity to level up personas even if they didn't let you choose your skill or your uh, where your points are going. Mm. Anyways. Grinding. Does it kill a game for oh, you guys? Oh, God, yes. Mm, yes I, and no. There's no no here. I Grinding is the worst. It is the worst. I hate grinding. Don't make me grind. Please grinding. don't make me grind. You're offending, Pharrell. Okay, here's why. <laughs> You could do so much more. Just give me more stuff to do. It, like, I don't care how... I don't care how little the things are. I don't care what it is. Just give me something else to do that isn't just going to the best spot and getting, you know, the most XP possible in X amount of time. You well, could, be too, huh, to what? be hmm? honest... That, to be honest, that feels sort of like an old system. Like, lots of newer i feel lots of newer rpgs they don't have that straightforward grinding anymore they're not not i feel i feel they're not as grindy where you're literally Evan's playing more rpgs than you are to be fair that is That's true he is playing a lot more recently or finishing a lot more but i i feel like you don't it's not just like Oh, I'm just gonna go into this cave and go back and forth for a few hours. I feel, at least the the RPGs I've been playing recently, your grinding is sort of like quest attached, and it's not literally just going in the dungeon, getting experience. I I can agree with that because it is true. Is there a difference though? It is in between, like side questy grinding and yeah because obviously i don't mean like crappy side quests like go here kill 10 monsters because yeah. I, I mean that's grinding. Yeah, go here and, and find these frogs no no oh, what i no, want is like save it for the next podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna use what's my example gonna be i'm gonna use berseria as my example because i don't actually remember if this was in any of the other games but you don't well okay i didn't play on the hardest difficulty so there may be a point where well you they're have, like 18 there, so there are a lot it's like <laughs> i want to say like nine but regardless there was never a point where you had to grind but 
there was always the option of there were stronger enemies in places that were optional that you could go to. And I feel like I did those because mm. why wouldn't you? And I feel like that took the place of me, you know, going around, killing a bunch of low level enemies just to grind per se. But it didn't feel like grinding because it was actually something to do. You get something from it. You know, it it is part of the game that you can you have access to. It doesn't feel like a grind. Like you said, getting a side quest that's, you know, go here, pick this up, go here, kill ten enemies of that you've been killing forever. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's still grinding. But yeah. if you give me something Unless you know, they're curls. <laughs> how do you how do you pronounce those? Uh cheetahs, whisker cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as long as you give like it just has to be different. Don't yeah. make it, you know, if you give me something different to do, it doesn't, as long as it's not something stupid like go pick up 10 of these and come back. Because everyone hates those quests, side quests. They're, just, they're, they're dumb. Give me something that I need to actually play the game to do. You know, let me use my character to actually do something that my character should be doing, not finding frogs for you. So as long as there's some minor. Uh, kind of sense plot. of achievement yeah yeah sense of achievement plot whatever even like a nice reward because uh let's be honest any side quest ever that has been kill x amount of monsters has given you a crappy reward yeah. <laughs> true um you would say that for you that's not rest. necessarily true final fantasy I, 10 coliseum oh that's a good reward that's true that's true <laughs> so, so you would say that circumvents the idea of what you would consider grinding yes because when for me it's because when you're grinding you know you're grinding because you're sitting there like i just i don't want to do this but i have to because my character is not good enough right now whereas if you have those other things you're like i'm doing this for x y and z reason and then cherry on top you also get the experience so you know it 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 doesn't feel like a necessity. Hey, I guess for me, because I'm a Disgaea fan, I sort of have a warped view on it. Yeah. Disgaea definitely gives you enough to go on, but at the end of the day, like, in Disgaea 1, I remember getting my characters up to level 2000, um, which I'm sure a lot of Disgaea veterans are laughing at, because that's, that's really not that high. But, um, you haven't, uh, see, uh, to be fair, I got him up to 2,000 and then reincarnated him, like, four times. But, so, like, 8,000 stack levels. That's not that bad. Yeah, so, I guess for me, I find it kind of relaxing. I don't mind it as much. For me, it's not going to kill a game. You know, I think it's toughest when when the barrier to entry jumps up at, like, an important plot point that you're really interested in. That happened to me in Mega Ten. For apocalypse is you know the game i i guess you know if, if i sneak by one or two fights then you can be pretty under leveled sometimes you just in mega 10 you come in with the right strategy the right group of demons and you can get through a fight just by being under leveled and maybe i'm gonna be honest i don't use the best 
strategies because I don't feel like buffing and all that stuff. <laughs> but so then I get to this really cool plot point and it's like I got to grind for two hours or whatever. And I think that's the toughest for me. I don't I don't mind a grind. It doesn't keep a game from being one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, you you definitely are like in a weird place with grinds because I know I wasn't exactly the grinder of our party. I would always you, you come don't even with, know what it is. I'd always come out and have Alex do it. I just have, I need ten levels. I just have Alex oh, do my man. grinding, and so I, for the most part, I never had to. Not never. There were some games where I dealt with the grinding, um, but I I don't know. I it it is a bit of it's a grind, but I I think. There are ways, of course, to make it challenging for yourself, but also very punishing. Like, you could grind in the level that has easy enemies but high XP, or you could grind in a slightly challenging area. Just as much HP, but it's a bit... It's not as much, okay, X attack, X attack, oh my god, (laughs) where's the next enemy? And so there, there are ways to grind without just making it a, a mind-numbing experience. Yeah, that's a great point. In Dot .hack, you could at any point basically go to all except like a very select handful of... Because it's an MMO and you would go to certain worlds or whatever, and they're procedurally generated. Uh, so you could go to like a level 30 le- world when you were level 1. And... You know, you wouldn't be able to kill anything, but you might be able to kill something if you were level eight and they were level fifteen, and you'd get a lot more experience. And I would say that that made it so that grinding would be a hell of a lot tougher, but you could get it done quicker. And I think a lot of games could learn from that. Whereas, and uh, especially in JRPGs, because they're more linearized, you get basically stuck in a moment in time where couldn't just roll over to a higher level place to get more experience. Yeah, you just can't progress the story anymore. Yeah, you're just like, I have to go through this intolerably slow grind because there just just isn't that much experience around me. Yeah, I want to jump back in here because I, for whatever reason, I have a really good example of a game that is like 85% grinding, but it doesn't ruin the game necessarily. Just to give another perspective, so Digimon World, next order, obviously, for for now, since it's the most recent, a lot of that game is grinding. That's because Digimon World 1 is 100% grinding. Exactly. (laughs) But I think you you have to know what your game is and how to kind of work around it, because the reason... The grinding in Digimon World doesn't feel bad until you get to a point where, you know, you're doing a lot of the optional stuff, a lot of optional bosses, harder fights. Because at first, you know, first part of the game, while it's grinding, you know, you're doing it because you want to get the Digimon you want, the ones you like, want like your favorites, those are the ones you want. And you don't mind the grind as long as you get the rewards for it. But... Once you go through all that and get towards the end of the game, you know, 
you still do have ending and it still does feel like a grind, but if you're going to have the grinding of your game, you have to understand that, you know, you have to give, there has to be some kind of, you know, reward, some kind of, something that offsets it, that, you know, dampens the, this really feels like a monotonous task that I need to do. Yeah, and by the way, doesn't matter how fun your game is, grinding is not fun. Exactly. <laughs> it can be relaxing, you cannot hate it, uh, but ultimately, it's not going to be an interesting experience. Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of my favorite games to play. Not fun. <laughs> what if it's grinding? NFL again? Street 2. NFL Street 2. I have to, you have to grind for, like, development points. I hate that. <laughs> you don't have to grind in Kingdom Hearts 2. But if you want to do some of the Coliseum stuff, you might want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go, gotta go kill a bunch of enemies, so you're 99. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. But, you know, this whole time, a whole time we've been think- talking, I've been thinking about that game that we're making that's just never happening. And all the, oh, yeah. all the ideas I've had, you know, about, um, you know, making, making it like fully customizable. Like your your characters, but yeah, make it fully customizable. And so I'm guessing next next stop is no grinding, no grinding in the game. Alex is still scared from. <laughs> That's right. He's still puckering. It's hard though, especially if you do. We could well, make it I grinding we... the game, and it's only we grinding. Could. There is no boss. That's... There's no plot. <laughs> the object you of the game is level, level ninety nine <laughs> as as quickly as possible. You just gotta level up. That that sounds like a quick quick game that can be stuck in green light forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I guess we're gonna take a break from grinding out this episode. Um hey. Yeah, go go face the mint the boss called Break. Um yeah, we're it. It seems RPGs. We love them, and it's not enough to cover in one episode. <laughs> no, no, apparently not, because we are just rolling through, just, just talking and talking. So we're we're we'll be splitting it up. We'll be stopping uh, our RPG episode here for today, part one. Be sure to check back in next week uh, for part two of our RPG. I can't, I can't get, how, how can we do that? RPG episode? R, R, <laughs> RP, R podcast G, R, anyway, anyway, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening in to our RPG episode. Uh, so thanks. Be sure to check back in next week. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Bukatsu M. Also look us up on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Bukatsu Media, where you can find the review of Not a Hero, which went up. And so, yeah, (laughs) this is Jabs, Evan, and Alex saying peace. That was supposed to be my intro. It was going to be the the, I am the ghost of Jabs, Not a Hero review. (laughs)